Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today is our 200th episode. Yay! And Ooh. still alive. <laughs> still alive. We're still we're still at it. <laughs> um and we decided it would be amazing to have V which was our first podcast guest and then Keith which is our uh first like YouTube uh podcast guest and thought it'd be fun to have us all on the stream. Uh, especially like there's been so many times where like I've been hearing either V talk or you Keith talk and I'm like, hmm, I it's like I feel like you two would mesh well together. <laughs> so the melding of the minds. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh so this will probably be a little bit longer of an episode, uh, just because we want to initiate like additional discussion. Um just talk about vampires because today we are covering Bram Stoker's Dracula, which came out in 1992. So the the very dramatic, more recent, uh, more modern uh, rendition of it. Well, it, it's modern because it's 1992 versus like the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. It's more updated um, than Nosferatu. By a long yes. shot. Yes. yes. Although... <laughs> Like, I do. Th if have y'all done the 1930s Dracula yet? No, that oh. Keith has. I've seen it. It's yeah, it's yeah. a good movie. I like. If for no other reason, y'all need to talk about it just so you can see Bela Lugosi do his <laughs> yeah. face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I think Oldman in this movie is definitely riffing off that earlier. Oh, oh yeah, well. yeah, definitely uh, yeah. got that vibe. But before we go into the movie, let's grab our cups and talk about tea. Uh, so, hmm, hmm. I'll go first just to start us off. I was seeing if I should put any of our guests in the hot seat, but I won't. <laughs> I you already won't. know what a disaster I'm going to be. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> This will be a two-hour episode at this rate. <laughs> yeah. Probably. This is uh, just the intro. But, but uh, uh, I am drinking the... Oh, crap. What's the, the company name? Uh, Spring Maybe Zen? that's the company's name. <laughs> oh, crap, T. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Oh man, could you imagine? Uh, but I'm drinking it. the Matcha Moon Superior Ceremonial Grade Matcha Tea. It, it's literally just matcha powder that you put in the cup. You do the little whiskey whisk, get all bubbly and frothy, and then you add more water and mix it all together, and you got matcha tea. Anyways, are you drinking, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> so you need you need to give those instructions to the if you want to make a pretty cake song. <laughs> Oh, so man. I'm drinking Tazo's Regenerative Organic Zen Tea, and it's got organic green tea, organic lemon verbena, organic spirit, <coughs> organic lemongrass, and organic lemon oil. 
Ooh. Ooh. So nice and fresh. Interesting that we both went for green tea, though. Well, it's like it, it gives you some alertness without like the jitters. So yes. that's why I like it. What are you drinking, Keith? Okay, well, my choice is very boring in comparison, but I just went to the cupboard. It's a very British choice, though, so that's fit. fit. So I've gone for the very berry Knightsbridge brand. So oh, okay. that's what I'm drinking with a touch of honey in it. Ah, tasty. So, yes. yeah, that's what I've gone with. B. Wild Looking card. at you, B. No, B. <laughs> B. I'm you had one drinking. job. <laughs> I'm being two jobs, but <laughs> I'm being naughty uh, and drinking white rhino coffee. <laughs> Get out. Okay, bye. You are officially banned uh-huh. from the podcast. <laughs> You've got too many strikes. It's been a good run. <laughs> banned. <laughs> well. <laughs> now that we've finally covered tea, <laughs> uh, for our tea sippers out there, brew yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the review. So for the summary of specifically Brom Stro- Stro- Stoker's... Mm-hmm. Okay, let me... I let think me... Brom Stoker's Dracula is a completely different movie. Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> Brom Stoker's Dracula. Uh, Okay, so for the summary for Brom Stoker's Dracula, uh, it's Dracula, so you know what it is. (laughs) Okay, this man goes to visit uh, Dracula's castle for like, I think it's like real estate. I I always. It is. Yeah, it's real real estate. And then. his fiance uh, starts getting seduced by Dracula in a way, or or at least like compelled to like like him or whatever. And yeah, so that's it. That's this. why. Why do we let you Genius. do the summary? I know. I, I have pulled up over here with the summary. I could have just read it. So when Dracula leaves the captive Jonathan Harker in Transylvania for London in search of Mina Murray, the reincarnation of Dracula's long or long dead wife, Elisabetta, obsessed vampire hunter Dr. Van Helsing sets out to end the madness. Okay. Nice. That's well, a summary. A, a nice, Pretty refined succinct. summary. Yes, that was very nice, Jess. Thank you. It's better than me that gets horny. I mean, to be fair, that is half of the movie. Is Mina gets horny for Dracula? Like, yeah. While yeah. her fiance is being held hostage by three yeah. vampire women. Well, yeah. yeah. While well, he's like horny Jonathan for Dracula, <laughs> Dracula's like wives. Monica Bellucci in a prime. Who who could resist? <laughs> Uh, this one is tough to rate because like it's not my typical go-to movie but at the same time it is like cinematic gold because it's like it's everything you want in like a modern rendition of like an older story where it's like it's over the top but they go like full like seriously in 
And the cinematography, I, I will say my one complaint with the cinematography is like, I mean, it's beautiful in some places, but then in other places, you're like, why that transition? <laughs> like, that was a choice. Um, <clears throat> but it's like, it That's is like the blue inferno. Yes. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that, a choice. That too. Was a choice. <laughs> there were a few choices being made there. But it's like, you know, if I was, let's say, a student and I had to read Dracula or I wasn't a student, I just want to read Dracula and I want to watch like a movie about it. This would probably be like a good, solid, like starting point, Um, at least as far as like if you don't want to watch like the older classics. Hmm. This one's tough. I'm going to give it a 7.25, I think, for me. Just because it is a really solid movie, but it's in its own like ridiculous way and in the best of ridiculous ways. Like it, it's like ridiculous because it fits with the story. And uh, I was it was interesting. And I haven't read the book, but V has. And so we were watching it together. And so it was nice to have these commentary to be like, oh, they added the Harry Palms and like <laughs> and stuff like that. And so it was interesting that they uh, added like these additional like touches from the book. But I will say my one complaint is the fact that they made like the, the whole like Mina and Dracula thing was kind of weird. Like I feel like they took it to a whole new level that like the other renditions and the book didn't um but i'm also not very versed in dracula so maybe there's something that like i missed with the the original lore no you but to me it seemed like they (laughs) (laughs) but to me it seemed like they were like going a little bit pushing too much the mina and dracula thing but uh but yeah i'll patiently wait my turn to rip into the mina and dracula thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no by all means go ahead like the, the basically anything from that movie that has to do with mina being a reincarnation of like dracula's original wife is not in the book whatsoever that was completely added for this movie. not canon <laughs> it's, it's not canon and the uh <laughs> the uh so the thing that I found really weird is that, uh, or interesting, or however you want to think about it, is all of the book accurate scenes they went super campy over the top with. They had some really good choices for some of it, like having Dracula's shadow absolutely not sync up with what he's doing. That, that was, was a really, really nice touch. That was awesome. Um, but it's also like anything that is a book accurate scene from Dracula is going to be a little bit silly anyway, because there's a lot of things that some people still find the book Dracula to be scary. And I respect that opinion. Uh, I did not find Dracula to be scary. I laughed through a lot of it um, because there was so much of it that just the mental image of it was super over the top. And so, yeah, when you make that into a visual thing of him, like, crawling down the wall like a lizard that's going to look a little bit silly um yeah (laughs) so uh it'd be a little disconcerting if you actually saw it in person but yeah but in a movie you're like (laughs) uh whatever (laughs) yeah Yeah. 
it's like that's a thing that's happening yeah, yeah. um but so like they they have these like super campy over the top stuff for the book accurate scenes um and they have van helsing being about as unhinged as he is in the book so like anthony hopkins nailed that entirely like oh, he was a only thing that they that we were missing from Van Helsing was three pages worth of monologue every time he opens his mouth, which I think was cut for time. But, Probably. And they cut all this other stuff for time and like jumped over a whole bunch of details and we lost a lot of context to things so that they could shoehorn in this Mina X Dracula fanfic like 10,000 characters in the middle of it. Hmm. Yeah. So, what's your rating? Uh, Gary Oldman as as young Dracula makes this eleven out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> you have all of these complaints about how they didn't like, anything, yeah. and, the, and then you're just like eleven out of ten because it's not canon. <laughs> this is all wrong. I can still 10. be entertained by it. Like the entertainment I mean, value is still there. Yeah, it is entertaining. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'll go next. Uh, so I've not read the book, so I, I don't really have any of that stuff. I've seen several versions. So. so I appreciate that it tries to update it. I appreciate that it goes for a new kind of Dracula. And I think one of the reasons I'm kind of interested in the character and the story is because you can explore different sexualities with it. And I feel like this is what this movie does. But because I definitely get a vibe of there's like homosexual like undertones between, is it Jonathan, the Keanu Reeves cat? Yeah. Yes, and yes. and Dracula. Yeah, the fact I was that... shipping them and I was like, now Keith. Yeah. <laughs> the first second they were on screen together, Alyssa's like, I yeah. ship them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, he sticks out a sword, so you've got a fat phallus imagery right there. And and at one point he says, he's mine, he's, you know, no one else can touch him. So I think they were yeah. definitely going for that. And then you have obviously a little bit of a lesbian angle with Lucy and with Mina. So they're definitely pushing the cut out on that stuff. Mm -hmm. But as a movie, I think it's very messy. Um, it can't really make up its mind what it wants to be, you know, because there was times later on in the movie where it was very, like, they were going for a more Western action-style vibe. Um, I mean, Hopkins with his whole yeehaw, you know, like that whole performance <laughs> he did as Van Helsing, he felt like he was sort of out of a Western-type thing. But then there's times where it seemed to be going for a period piece sort of vibe, like the stuff with obviously Jonathan and Mina and their relationship, I thought, just put me to sleep, basically. Um, I'm a pretty big Keanu Reeves fan, but not in this movie. I thought he was such a wet blanket. and yeah. Well, and then like the terrible, yeah, the accent. The accent. I mean, I, I feel like none of them really had were that great at accents. Uh, no, like Anthony Hopkins and yeah. There was yeah, he had really Hopkins. exaggerated 
southern accents, didn't you, as well in there? Um, yeah. which was hey. pretty bad. Yeah, he couldn't like he couldn't keep Van Helsing's uh, uh, accent the same in any two shots, and there was one yeah. one scene where he sounded like Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> And he's known for doing that now, but this was at a point where he was seen as a more serious sort of actor. But yeah, there's some fun. There's some fun hammy moments. There's some fun. I quite like when oh Lucy's fiance bursts in and's like, "What the hell's going on here?" Yes. And that 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 made me laugh out loud last night when I was watching it. But I think the problem with the movie is then it's sort of a hobby hodgepodge of a lot of different things and there's sort of no continuity to it i think it rushes through whole sections of like the book and things and just like it's nothing like and i think it's almost doing that as a way to say that was then this is now we're doing like a new dracula but as a result Mm -hmm. some of these those scenes feel like they could have been left out and, and just felt a bit choppy and messy I think some of the sets looked really good and some some of the cinematography was, was really good. But also some of the effects have really dated now. Like oh, yeah. I f- I'm thinking of like the eyes like on the red sky when he was like coming in on the carriage. That yeah. that just looks like it's done on a computer, but <laughs> probably at the time it might have been acceptable effects and but yeah, they obviously introduce a lot of things in this with, like, the powers that Dracula has, but they don't really explain that, and there seems no rhyme or reason for a lot of this stuff. Because it's like, with Mina, like, one minute she'll seem to be having this exciting, erotic night with Dracula, and then she's just back at, at the place again with, like, the other people, and... It just seems like nothing's happened to her in a way. And the relationship with Dracula was was just so forced, I think. Mm-hmm. I did... Yeah, I, I didn't ship that, that pairing. <laughs> no. I did quite like the ending. I thought it was quite a bold ending to have her mm-hmm. be the one to, like, make the sacrifice almost, stay behind yeah. and make sure he was going to die. Um, and she was the one who, who had to do it. Um, yeah. But overall, I mean, there's lots of continuity errors, lots of kind of bad effects, lots of silly, hammy moments, some of which I enjoyed, some of which I didn't. I'll say actually just for, because it's a good cast, but I'd say Sandy Frost stands out actually as Lucy. I was pretty impressed with her. Because she was a newcomer at the time, mm-hmm. thought she had quite a bit of personality. But overall, it's not a terrible film. But there were definitely moments where I sort of nodded off. So I'll give it four point five. I will say, uh, watching Nosferatu and then now this movie. Uh, I enjoyed this movie way more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, and then I feel like I could uh, keep up with it a little bit more. But yeah, I can definitely see the the uh, mixture of tones and stuff that you the men- uh, mentioned and the the issues with some of the pacing. So yeah, and the a lot of 
a lot of the context is definitely missing because there's like there's one scene where you see uh where mina tries to attack van helsing and you see him hold something to her forehead and it burns her and after that scene happened i was telling Alyssa, like by the way you can't tell from the shot but that's a communion wafer because that's Mm-hmm. what he uses in the book but the it's just a like in nondescript disc yeah film. Okay. um and a I, lot of i assumed it was a communion wafer but but it's like it would the, be hard to tell yeah because Alyssa, i think you said that you thought it was like a coin or something yeah um, it, it's like um and, and you know i it's like i feel like someone who isn't uh catholic or or super familiar with the catholic faith it would be harder to pick out that detail than someone who grew up catholic and was like oh yeah i know exactly what that is well especially because like usually because and for one thing like it's one of the big wafers it's the one that like the priest uses and that usually has something on it it's got like a little cross in it or something like that maybe they didn't at the time period that that's supposed to be set in but for a modern audience that would be more of a of a cue of like this is like something that's blessed um yeah and then a lot of the stuff with like the the lore dumping of dracula's abilities and why he has them and all that we lost that because again they cut um van helsing giving a three-page monologue every time he opens his mouth because that's where you get all of that lore and all of that background the and exposition all that stuff. yeah he is the exposition machine <laughs> who goes around and is like good friend john let me tell you about all of these things about the vampire um yeah also, like with Van Helsing, he definitely came off as more of a villain in this movie. And I, I get the impression from earlier versions you're meant to be more on his side, but maybe it's just because Anthony Hopkins is a natural villain, maybe. But it's like. He's got yeah. a villain face, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that like in the. Sorry, that made me think of the, the Mask of Zorro with him as. Yeah, it was kind of hard to believe him as Zoro. Anyways, but yeah, yeah totally, hundred percent agree. He's got more, yeah. more villain and vibes. Did you also think they leaned a bit more into the religious stuff in this? Um, I don't. Compared to the book, they didn't lean hard enough into the religious oh, okay, stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it should have played a little bit bigger of a factor in this. Um, I would give this a 6.5 personally it's a bit of a cluster <laughs> but it's also kind of fun to watch yes. and the cast is solid and you can tell that the cast is having fun with it yeah so I feel like this definitely wasn't Keanu Reeves' strongest role um, but everybody else did hilariously wonderful (laughs) it was entertaining to watch i probably won't watch it regularly but it got several laughs out of me for sure um there were some choices yeah with the animation and set design and wardrobes um since no one else is going to mention it uh boob head gary oldman made me laugh 
Me and I had Beaver to, calling him to a butthead. rewind. Yeah, I yeah. had to <laughs> rewind because I was missing a lot of what they were saying because I was just like, why does he have boobs on his head? <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, I couldn't. The special effects makeup, though, was really solid. Not going to lie. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. really like the CG effects that were like crap, but like the actual like. The, makeup was yeah pretty solid the other thing that i wrote down about uh in the like costume department was the twizzler armor from the yeah from the opening scenes yes that that was definitely a choice yeah yeah i got a laugh out of like the silhouettes during the battle scenes and you just had someone stabbing someone and then like flying up in the air like for, for with the any... backdrops yeah that was that was really funny but yeah, yeah so cheap. i feel like a lot of it <laughs> is definitely dated like it feels like a 90s movie yeah for yeah. sure yeah yeah um but <laughs> the fact that they had so much fun doing it <laughs> And there were just some moments that were just perfect. Like Anthony Hopkins delivered this deadpan line after Lucy dies, um, where he asks for some like autopsy kind of tools. And the guy's like, you're really going to autopsy her? He's like, oh, no, I'm just going to cut off her head and take out her heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like it was full on Hannibal Lecter vibes. (laughs) When he delivered yeah. that line, and I just expected him to ask for some pop of beans after. <laughs> but um, I don't know. There, there were some things that detracted from it um, that we'll get to in the realism, of course. But it just kind of takes you out of the the movie setting, and it breaks the immersion a little bit. I do feel like they we're kind of all over the place with Mina and Dracula's relationship. Like she would be super into him. And then I'm, I'm not going to see you again. I'm leaving and going to marry my fiance now. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Or I just had this wonderful night with this dude that I barely know. And then I'm going to go see my friend and (laughs) not tell her anything about it. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. So it it was just kind of odd. Yeah, yeah. And and I th- I feel like a lot of that oddness, particularly with the again with the the romance arc, is that it really does feel shoehorned in because they're like yeah. we still have to hit all of these like book canon plot points, and we just got to like wedge this like love story in here it felt like they used a crowbar because yeah. <laughs> honestly like the the particular scene of um dracula coming to her bed was just it almost felt oogie <laughs> like i i don't ship those two actors at all they didn't have a whole just, lot of chemistry. There was no chemistry yeah. whatsoever. It felt really forced between those two in particular. So I think 
I can understand it a little bit from the point of view of the story they were telling, like where yeah. they were presenting it as he's a more exciting, sexy option than her very dry, straight-laced fiance. Or, or they were engaged, weren't they? I, I get that. It just it just felt forced. It just wasn't very well done in the yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 Like honestly, I I like the fact that they kind of were trying to change up the story in that way, where it's like, especially like having her be like the reincarnation of his lost love. Like I thought that was an interesting twist that could have added to the story. But yeah, hundred percent agree. It it just it's like between the chemistry of the char- uh, characters and then or the actors uh, more like it and the um the way that they paced it and stuff it it yeah it felt very forced and yeah. and like the main scene that pops into my mind is the one where he's like he comes to her bed after like they've uh uh after Lucy got turned into a vampire and mm-hmm. they had to kill her um and she's like yes i want to be with you and he's like no i am a monster i am Dracula and yeah. she's like oh, you killed my best friend I'm gonna yeah. weakly hit you for a little bit and then but I still find you sexy and I still want to like be with you he's like oh okay <laughs> I'll turn you into a vampire now oh wait no I can't do it I can't no, do it you're can't. so pure no I, 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 I want you I love you I no I, I really I do you. want you okay yeah. fine <laughs> yeah 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 uh, it's like they couldn't make up their minds whether he was a full-blown villain or not sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, it's like either make him, uh, what is it, uh, what's the phrase, like sympathy for the villain or something like that? Sympathy like, for sympathetic. the devil. Sympathy or, for the devil. Or sympathetic villain. Yeah, it, it's like if you're going to make a villain-type character sympathetic, then like, go go hard in because it's like the only like quote unquote sympathy that I had was from like the beginning scene but then they didn't really like expand like I feel like they could have just like expanded a little bit more on that or or added like additional things to like show his suffering because I mean come on he's got like a handful of like vampire wives like mm, like he's he's living a good life like he's doing well for himself <laughs> yeah. I, and like if you want to have like a good sympathetic but still villainous Dracula the Castlevania <coughs> show did a really good job at that um, without being like we're going to hit all of the Dracula book plot points they're like we're gonna have a completely different plot that's just going to happen to have dracula in it as a character yeah but that was a good sympathetic dracula of like we got to take all of the source material and be like we don't need that shit <laughs> <laughs> dracula after he's already a vampire falls in love with a human woman because she's smart and she bosses him around and then she gets killed by the church and he's like well fuck all y'all i'm gonna destroy everybody yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Another, good, yeah. another thing I noticed about this sort of time is using the author's name in the title because a few years after this, they released Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So they did the same oh. thing. And I think obviously it's, it's a marketing thing, but I, I think also it's maybe just this idea of them saying, this is a new version which is going to respect 
the original. Yeah, thing. that's that's it's my that impression cool. too. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it's like that. That's the interesting thing about this movie, where it's like they literally have the author's name and the title, and they are true to the book up to a particular point, and then they're like, near, like, yeah, <laughs> going off on their own way. <laughs> Just take the book and chunk it out the window. They read like the spark notes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> they were true to the spark notes of the book. They read, they read the first half, maybe. Um, and then they're because that like up until like not counting the cold open to the movie, um, the uh, the first chunk of it up until Dracula gets to England um, is pretty book accurate. Yeah. Um, it's when like the basically the second he hits shore in England, uh, that's when they just like jump all the sharks. Um, and then they get a little bit through that like shoehorned in plot and then they're like, oh, wait, we're still doing Dracula. So we got to make sure that we hit these other plot points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just kind of slip a fan fiction in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And by slip, I mean, they took a crowbar and <laughs> they slipped and fell in there. and got the script and their fan fiction pages mixed up together and they couldn't figure out how to get them. They, they're, oh, no. Oh, no. They, they jammed <laughs> it in there. Yeah. It's mixed up. Oh, well, oh, I no. guess this is what we're doing. And there was only one bed. <laughs> well, so I figure before we go into maybe some like vampire lore maybe we can go ahead and cover realism and go from there oh, okay okay so for realism hmm. <laughs> uh, like not so much thinking towards the story itself uh but more thinking like towards like the movie and the historical accuracy i feel like there were some period accurate clothing, but a lot of it was more like on the interpretive side um, where it's like, we're, we're giving you the air of this period that we're actually not going to like replicate it. Exactly. Yeah. I would, I mean, which is fine. Um, but I'm, there were like a few, especially with like Renona wider uh, writer's character, uh, Mina, there were some dresses. Well, I mean, even Lucy, to be honest, there's yeah. some dresses that she wore. And then I'm like, mm, that is definitely like not what that's not period accurate uh, vibes that I get from it. Um, oh, man. And then I'll just. Uh, well, and then the fact that um, is like, I understand that. uh vampires especially in dracula kind of have this air to them that kind of like seduces humans and removes their um their resistance and whatever but it's like i feel like jonathan and mina both fell way too quickly for the either the vampire wives or for dracula himself at least with dracula there's kind of some work up so that you could kind of see but it's like Whenever she saw him, I didn't really get a lot of like 
oh, she's she's mesmerized by him or anything like that is just and maybe it's just like the poor acting or chemistry on their part and not necessarily like what they could have necessarily done different storyline wise. But um, but yeah, as far as like a realism, I feel feel like they fell a little bit too quickly, like have them break down and give in, but have a little bit of a fight first. Um, have their have their wills be broken. <laughs> uh, and um, and then plus like, uh, you know, I, they showed the Harry Palms thing. But now that I think about it, they didn't show the Harry Palms again throughout the movie. Like they, they just showed them yeah, once that once. And then it, mm. and then they're like, no, he's got normal palms now. Oh, this is how he blends it. in. But I did like the fact that, um, I mean, this is older vampire lore, of course, but I like the fact that the teeth are retractable. That mm. is so much more realistic to me as far as like blending in and being incognito than like a lot of these more modern day vampires where it's like, oh, it was like, we have to either like talk with not moving our lips much or, or we can't be amongst humans at all. Um, it's like for this especially with uh vampires being built up as such like predatory like they are like the the humans predator and and stuff like that so it's like you would think that they would have a better way to like blend in and be able to like snatch their prey or whatever because it's like if they're and i do like the fact that um he was able to go in the sunlight because if it was the whole thing on like oh he can't go into the sunlight it'd destroy him it's like it's like all you would have to do is stay in your house at night and then you'd be like or uh during uh yeah stay at your house at night with the doors closed and then you'd be like fairly safe so it's like ooh like it, it's it makes vampires less threatening versus oh they're there anyone that you meet on the street and they might snatch you up and drink your blood you know it's like that's a lot more terrifying than like oh just don't go out at night and you'll be safe <laughs> but um as far as like a realism rating uh, <laughs> I, I think i'm going to give it like a three taking all of the the points that i said into account i think a, a three i mean you know, it's not realistic and I'm not claiming it is, but like in context with like the story and the lore and stuff, I feel like a three is is reasonable ish. But yeah. Yep. Who's next? It's Fee's turn. <laughs> so a lot of my a lot of my realism uh, thoughts on it are would be from a combination of what was actual vampire lore at the time and what was specifically the lore of Bram Stoker's Dracula because there were a lot of he took a, a handful of some vampire lore and kind of canonized it um, alongside some other vampire lore that was can canonized in Carmilla um, the which came out uh, it's either shortly before or shortly after, but around the same time period. Um, the a, a lot of the vampire lore really came down to at the time as a way of like, uh, number one, uh, you got to make sure you bury people properly. 
um, and like consecrate them and to don't go out of your house at night, uh, which is a very common thing for a lot of like folk tales and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Darkness breeds death. Basically. Um, and a lot of those like ancient stuff kind of gets carried over. And then also when you consider the time period of when Dracula came out, there was a lot of it that was um, Eastern European um, uh, uh, xenophobia. They got fed into it. That's why Dracula's from Transylvania. He's from like the like Romania area. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and sorry that that made me trigger uh, a, something too. Um, I know a lot of uh, vampire lore comes from uh, the fear of uh, people getting at the time they called it uh, consumption, which now we call uh, tuberculosis. Where it's like they believe that. Um, you know, you have to kill the original person that got sick or you have to like put a stake in their heart and like do like all of the vampire stuff to prevent other people in the house from getting sick because they believe that other people got sick because that person is like rising from the dead and like doing stuff to them. So that's like another piece of the vampire lore to to add on what what you yeah. said as far as like stake in the heart, cutting off the head and burying people yeah. properly. Yeah, and then and then later on, it also uh, became part of like we're going to put a slab of concrete over your grave to make sure that you really aren't coming back, um, just in cases. Uh, never mind the people that we accidentally bury alive. Yeah. Um, so um, there's a lot of stuff with vampire lore, especially by the time we got to Dracula, where we had kind of a mixture of a bunch of different ideas and beliefs. Um, because vampires, vampire lore historically is a huge bucket of things. You could basically say anything is a vampire and you would probably be correct. Um, there was like a particular vampire, uh, legend of a woman that would just, um, detach her head and like her shoulders and her spine from the rest of her body and like fly over the village and like, her bodily fluids would drop on people and that would kill them. And then she'd like swoop down and go and like fly away. And <laughs> that's new. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. That's, that's a, a very, very old vampire legend. Huh. Um, that's I, I kind of enjoy that actually. No. <laughs> <That's hilarious>. no. <laughs> so basically like you could throw a dart at the wall and be like, that's a vampire of whatever it lands on. And you'd probably be correct at, at some point in some place in history. I'm, I'm Coming up with some new Halloween separation <laughs> ideas. No, yeah. just have it like have it on like a, a, a like a rope in your hallway, and so every time someone opens the door, it like comes flying towards them. I'm thinking like a windsock type of situation. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Ooh. So she's just flying over your house, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, I'd 3D print the the spinal column. There you go. So they can actually yeah. reticulate. And oh, I hate that. Yeah. Oh. I'm down for it. I can dig it. Yeah. Just no! another Friday night. Yep. <laughs> another Friday night. Uh, uh, Scare yes. all the kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. And so then, of course, with like with Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, I, there's a ton of it is Christianity. Like, 
Van Helsing's number one tool for vampire hunting is communion wafers. Um, in the book, when they like are going toe to toe with Lucy after she's become a vampire, they actually meet her outside of her tomb. Um, and they have the tomb closed off, and Van Helsing takes a bunch of communion wafers, crushes them up, turns them into a paste, and seals all the cracks in the tomb with it so that when she turns into mist, she can't get in there to run away from them. Um, so, like... Smart. And and those are a lot easier to get a hold of than, like, gallons upon gallons of holy water or yes. a whole bunch of, like... Uh, silver stuff um so yeah it was like communion wafers and steaks and that was like that's his kit basically um and like some crosses um so yeah like they they could have dialed the christianity up to 11 in this movie and it would have been pretty book accurate um and that was part of where the horror came from as well because when the book came out it came out it didn't come out in all one book and one thing. It came out as in pieces. Um, and it's written as diary entries. So people are reading this and they're reading these diary entries and they're getting scared out of their wits because they're like, this to them feels like something that could actually be happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so given all of that context uh for this movie specifically for realism from those types of perspectives um i would give it maybe like uh, a six to a seven just because when they did decide to be book accurate they hit those points of it they didn't explain why they did those things but they were like book accurate and they were accurate to the lore that either led up was happening before dracula or got canonized by dracula i kind of wish we had gotten the monologuing anthony hopkins i, I think he would have done it really well especially probably there there's a free audio book of dracula on spotify highly recommend because <clears throat> when that guy is doing um his Van Helsing, he gets so into it. And it's just, it's very fun to listen to. Because <laughs> it's, again, it's like three pages of monologuing where he's talking <laughs> about, like, there are so many things in the universe that we do not understand. <laughs> in a very bad, like, yeah, Eastern European coming. accent. <laughs> but at least he has fun with it, right? At least he has fun with it, yeah. It's fun. <laughs> Hey, Keith, your turn. It's me. Okay. Um, 2.5 for others. Um, I think I think the most believable thing that I sort of got from it was this idea that these two very virginal characters who haven't had very much life experience can be drawn into this more dangerous, exciting world. I thought it's a very silly but funny scene, the Arabian night scene where she's like, ooh, can people really do that? And it's like, um, I quite I quite like that just because it's almost like a commentary on something a bit more daring in literature creeping its way into like the middle classes. But it's a fun little scene. But as, as I've said with Jonathan and with Mina, I thought they were way too passive. 
as characters, especially Jonathan. Like one of the first things Van Helsing does is like pour a sword out at him, and he's like, "Oh, I've offended you. I apologize." And it's like, yeah, red flag straight away that this guy is a little bit of a psychopath. But Jonathan basically says, "Okay, I'll I'll spend a month with you then," and. I feel part of the vibe they were going for with that was then, like, he gained Jonathan's trust through, like, intimidation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jonathan said something similar at one point that he's just too afraid to leave. But I think, as initially, it, it seems a bit, like, yeah, far-fetched and he doesn't seem more freaked out than, than he is. Also, one thing I wondered is... Where the hell is Jonathan getting the time or energy to write these really long letters? I mean, he's being ravished by these sexy, dark, sort of dangerous girls. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would spend the rest of the time just sleeping if it was me or just like <laughs> just recovering, reading, whatever. But there's that stuff. There's, as I said, the continuity or the lack of explanation about some of Dracula's powers. Um, that's not really explained like him sliding down the wall like Spider-Man. That stuff isn't really explained. I think some of the reactions, like I quite like them when Mina sees Dracula in London, then she does at least have her guard up. But then after that, I think she's taken in too easy by his excuse for why he's actually there and, it should have been a red flag that this guy is sort of stalking you. And some of the reactions around Lucy, I think, were okay. Like, with the boyfriend, I sort of thought, even though I sort of wrote him off as a bit of a, a toff, a bit of a douche, it was like, I sort of got the impression he did care about her than that she was yeah. dying. I, I thought he seemed okay with that, but... Again, it was just so easy them just accepting them. Van Helsing was the man to to treat him. It was like, oh, well, I've studied under him. I know this guy. This guy is the best guy for the job. They took a lot on on just his word on that. Yeah. And that was it. Van Helsing was in and and we were away. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff where it's jumping about timelines and scenes and locations and it's like i said with mina it's like one night she's meant to be having this erotic night with dracula and the next she's just back in you know to a regular place and it's like it's almost like nothing sort of happened and i think it's the continuity with a lot of that stuff and and also believing in a lot of the relationships another thing I questioned initially with Lucy was she's presented as she's a bit more wild than Mina and she's kind of like, well, she's into this stuff more. But then it makes the comment about how she's royalty and I sort of think it would be the opposite with someone of that sort of like pedigree, if you like, it's sort of, or if they were like into the naughty stuff, it would be like they would keep it under wraps more. She was like, 
shouting it from the rooftops, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that I didn't really buy. And then I think after that, it's just a lot of the stuff with the accents, a lot of the stuff with, like, the effects, which we, we've sort of already gone into. But it was definitely hit and miss. Like, I think there was some good... Some good, like, location work, some good sort of gothic imagery. But, yeah, there was definitely stuff where you could see it was, like, computer-generated effects and very sort of cheap and ho hokey. Um, so... You didn't like the toy train? <laughs> I yeah, that was very obviously a toy train. But, yeah, I think a lot of it was we're just going to do our own thing in a way. And um, so I, f I think with a lot of the movie, I, I kind of admire it. I appreciate it. But yeah, a lot of it falls flat. And a lot of it is just them rushing through things. Like the Noah's Ark thing is another example. Like how all those animals escaping through those bars, that kind of thing. They just sort of rush over it. So... Yeah, 2.5, I think. So I give it a 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah. being over here, like, <laughs> off in the ether. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Again, though, mine, mine comes entirely from, like, a, a completely different perspective yeah. of like the the lore and the overarching vampire yeah. lore. Yeah. If you don't have any of that context, then yeah, this this movie makes zero sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even just from the effects, the relationships and interactions between certain characters and all, um, taking all of that into account. It definitely brought the score down. I do appreciate how they they didn't just have Mina as a reincarnation. They had Van Helsing was a reincarnation as well. He Anthony Hopkins played the priest in the very beginning as well. Oh, I, didn't catch I that. totally yeah. Easy I to miss that. Yeah, easy to miss. But he was also the priest in the very beginning. Ah. That was warning him, hey, you don't want to do this <laughs> when he's going on a rampage about um, Elisabetta being dead. And, you know, is this my reward for for defending the church and all? And the priest is like, uh, you, you might want to slow your roll there. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was interesting and um, makes it seem to the audience like it it could actually be a possibility that they're not just you know far off descendants or something it could actually be reincarnation that's kind of cool um but different practical things like jonathan harker being drained every night by the girls to keep him weak like they're draining his blood every night no he's dead yeah, he did. <laughs> Maybe also, they're just having a little sippy sip. <laughs> well, also in the the movie, if Dracula bites someone, they've been turning just from the bite, not even from sharing blood. Like they get the full transformation from sharing the blood, typically, but the transformation starts when they get bit. Jonathan Harker's been bit. 
by these vampire chicks multiple times every night. <laughs> well, I think they've established, sometimes- they established in the movie, though, that the lore on that is different. You have to exchange the blood with the vampire that bit you in well, order to stay change. consistent. Yeah, in the movie, they didn't really make that clear as much with uh, Lucy. Yeah. You just see Lucy turn. You know that she's being drained. Yeah, that's true. But you don't They didn't see show her taking the... any of the blood. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder so... also if it's a thing of he's the master, so maybe he's the only one who can turn... Then it's him. sexist. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good. No, well, okay. <laughs> they lose no matter what. Uh, well, the master vampire or whatever. Now, Jeff. <laughs> no, not I mean, desperate. I demand continuity. Damn it. <laughs> I uh, demand consistency. Well, yeah, they didn't explain it, but I definitely got the vibe. Then, as the master, he was the one who could do that, and maybe they couldn't. That's that the vibe. Sense. And I think they can control that. Like, they were just there to have a good time, party with Jonathan and Scott. <laughs> they weren't interested in turning him. Nah, they just wanted the D. <laughs> <laughs> they were having a Jonathan-flavored kegger. Yeah. No, they they wanted the B because they wanted they were drinking his blood. Well, it looked like they wanted both. Well, yeah. The, you want to have some B and D with Jonathan? Oh, Lucy <laughs> mostly wanted the D. <laughs> Mina definitely wanted the D, at least as far as the script goes. Not so much the the chemistry between the the actors, but <laughs> but yeah, I have been it's... predetermined to want the D. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. also um, when Lucy's about to die, like she's been drained several nights, and she's really, really, really sick. Van Helsing is like, we need to defend her tonight for sure at all costs. Otherwise, her soul will be lost. Uh, but first, food. Which, priorities, I get it. But <laughs> but then he leaves the, the three dudes that really love Lucy to defend her. And two of them are kind of in the area looking out and patrolling. But the main fiance dude is by her bedside drinking himself to sleep. So <laughs> that's really defending her. Didn't make well, he's, sense. He's like you couldn't rough, take the night off from the poor, the poor guy. <laughs> so drink after. <laughs> yeah, but he not while know you're how on long duty. There's nothing wrong with a when little you're sip on supposed duty. to be on guard watching the person you love or they're going to die. I think it's maybe fun. be a bit more alert. I don't know if it makes it better or worse, but by that particular point in time in the book, um, all three of the like people, like basically the entire boyfriend group has been giving Lucy their blood every single night because it'll be like, first the doctor um, gives her his blood and then uh, they're like, oh no, she's anemic, like deathly anemic again the next day. What has happened? Mm -hmm. And then like, okay, we got to bring in boyfriend number two, (laughs) like give her some blood. Uh, 
And then, oh no, third the next night she's deathly anemic again. We need to give more blood. Uh, so, which would have made more sense if they showed more than just one scene of them giving blood. Yeah the the way that they attempted to imply that all three of them have given blood was like the direct next scene when the Texan is like rolling his sleeve down. Yeah, and and makes a a, a throwaway comment about it, and it's like. Yeah. Again, if you haven't read the book, you have no idea what just happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they they definitely need more context for the movie to make more sense and to have a higher rating. Because <laughs> otherwise, it's an entertaining movie, but it's a cluster. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you want to familiarize yourself uh, somewhat with, like, the the book or the the classic story then it, it's a it's a good like middle ground where I, it's like i know some people have trouble watching like the much older movies just because they just feel slow so this one's kind of a good like middle ground of like here here's at least uh, a reimagined version but um but yeah it as a movie definitely has some some flaws yeah but. Also, if that many people were giving her their blood through transfusions, she would have to be a universal recipient. They didn't know about blood types. At the I know. Time, to be fair. I know. But still, I'm a docket. Yeah, I, I mentioned that to V2. I'm like, <laughs> blood types. Yeah. <laughs> that, they were like, that's we don't a thing. Know what those are. <laughs> blood type, I don't know her. Yeah. Uh. But it's like, I guess, since she was turning, maybe even if blood type was into account, it's like she would just absorb all of the blood. I don't know. Might have, but again, there was no exposition, no context, nothing. We needed the monologues. <laughs> we need we needed the Van Helsing monologues. We needed the Anthony Hopkins monologues. <laughs> I don't know if he would have physically been able to keep up a consistent accent through the monologues. He definitely wouldn't have been, but <laughs> every time they cut to a but new angle, it's a different accent. Cut out a little bit of the the weird non chemistry Mina Dracula stuff that was honestly a little boring, and could have shoehorned some more exposition in, and it would have been a little better. Yeah, that's very true. I that think would have been nice. I think the problem is what you're describing is more a book than a film. So as entertaining as it might have been, I'm not a big fan of having stuff kind of explained to me, overly explained in that sort of way. It kind of defeats the purpose of a film. So, Yeah, but I, I like when there's a bit more lore added. So they, well, they didn't explain have, any of his powers or anything. Added yeah. it more subtly, yeah. though. Yeah, too. there's yeah. other ways to do it. Yeah, yeah. 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 They could they could have done it in a more like visually entertaining way of yeah. Like I don't know, we've got some like giant ass mural or something that just shows Dracula turning into like a wolf and a bat and all this other shit. And, like, <laughs> and they didn't really explain much about Renfield either. No, like Renfield was a throwaway character in this. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> yeah. Tom, yep. Tom Waits, though, very entertaining. 
Um, by the way, the werewolf effect was terrible as well. That, yes. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just yeah. a guy in a suit, basically. That was bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, well, V, do you want to educate us on some vampire lore? So uh, when we were watching, when Alyssa and I were watching the movie the other night, my wife uh, brought in this monster manual book uh, with uh, an entire section about vampires. And uh, there's like 50 bullet points of folk tales and beliefs about vampires. It says, what follows is a summary of the habits, strengths, weaknesses, likes, and dislikes of this dreadful brood. And since we are leaving the realm of reason and entering the realm of horrible fantasy, some of the following statements contradict each other or are completely illogical. <laughs> Let us begin. Love that disclaimer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Vampires are not dead. Vampires are not alive. Vampires are undead. Vampires feed on human blood. Vampires bite the throats of their victims with two pointed fangs. Vampires look puffy and bloated after their meals. Vampires look years younger after they've drunk fresh blood. Vampires prefer their loved ones as victims. Vampires prefer the opposite sex as victims. A person who has been bitten once craves to be bitten again. Vampires are faithful to their victims until they are parted by death. Vampire victims die from excessive blood loss. Big surprise. <laughs> People who have been bitten by a vampire become vampires themselves after death. People who have been bitten by a vampire do not turn into vampires after their death if the vampire that bit them is killed before the victim dies. Vampires communicate telepathically with their victims. Vampires have no power over people who carry a consecrated wafer or a cross. Vampires hate the smell of garlic. Vampires don't have a shadow, nor can they be seen in a mirror. Just stayed out of Italy altogether. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Italy's safe. <laughs> yep. Vampires are pale, with reddish eyes and moist crimson lips. Vampires have only one nostril. Vampires have hair on their palms of their hands and long, pointed fingernails. Vampires have a pointed needle at the end of their tongues. Vampires give off a moldy, rotten stench. Vampires can transform themselves only at dawn and dusk. Vampires can transform themselves at any time of the day uh, of the night. Vampires can transform themselves into wolves, dogs, and bats. Vampires have the ability to find hidden treasures. Vampires have power over dogs, rats, wolves, bats, and the weather. Female vampires are meaner than male vampires. Vampires can live to be more than a thousand years old. Vampires can climb up smooth walls like a lizard. He's a gecko. <laughs> They're going to sell you car insurance. <laughs> Vampires can enter a house only if they are invited. After having been asked once, they may enter whenever they like. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> oh man, it just like this head peering through the window. From like the top. Yeah, yeah. Vampires cannot cross flowing water. Vampires sleep in coffins. Vampires cannot a vampire cannot leave its coffin when a spray of wild roses lies on top of it. 
A, were a werewolf becomes a vampire after its death. People who commit suicide become vampires if they are not buried at a crossroads. <coughs> vampires die on exposure to daylight. Vampires don't die on exposure to daylight. They're merely, they merely become weak. A vampire can be killed only if a hard wooden stake or a glowing hot iron stake is thrust through its heart, <coughs> nailing it to the bottom of its coffin. Vampires can be killed by having their heads cut off. Their mouths then have to be stuffed with garlic. Vampires who have taken yeah. on the... <laughs> Vampires who have taken on the form of a wolf can be killed by a silver bullet that has been dipped in holy water. Cannot just be a regular silver bullet. Hmm. Interesting. Very old vampires disintegrate into dust when they are killed. A dead vampire who does not disintegrate into dust has to be buried at a crossroads. Vampirism is a form of penance for one's sins. Vampires want to be relieved of their suffering, but they are forced to resist all temptations to relieve themselves. Vampires celebrate their most important holiday on November 30th. Vampires celebrate their most important holiday on April 26th. Vampires <laughs> exist. Vampires do not exist. <laughs> Some of those are, are like so interesting, though. Yeah, and like the garlic. I wonder why like garlic became a thing. That one, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I'd have to look that up. Like silver, I can kind of understand why. Um, of course, religious symbols that is like I uh, make perfect sense on why that would be associated. And but. I get iron too. The hot iron, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why hot specifically, but it's hot. I mean, I like if you can survive like a hot iron rod being put through your heart, then that's a, an entirely different set of problems. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the same can be said for beheading. So, you know. Fair. But it is, it's uh, like I feel like with um, like werewolves and um maybe like even witches and stuff i feel like the lore isn't quite as vast and varied as it is for specifically vampires like vampires the lore is absolutely insane where it's like you either have like conflicting things or um or i mean modern vampires versus like the the origins of vampires is like night and day is completely different really the only thing that they've really kept much is the the teeth and then the fact that they drink blood um and that they like to they kind of like seduce their victims um but yeah just like such a huge difference it's pretty crazy i would also say that like with like witches um those are very varied because every mm -hmm. single um, culture has its own type of magical old woman who probably lives in the forest. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. When really the reality is probably she's just tired of everyone's shit and wants to be left alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, 
the treasure hunting one was one I picked up on. That, that sounds yeah. fun. You could do a movie with Dracula, like treasure hunting. That would be a fun. Oh, but Dracula, the treasure yeah. hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny hearing the um, vampires are loyal to their victims until death. And then the very next one was <laughs> they are often drained and dead. <laughs> Yeah, victims of vampires die by blood loss. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I know I was telling V this. It's interesting the additional lore that has been added because I I cannot remember which movie or even book that I came across this because this was when I was uh, younger. But um, there's one lore where if a, a vampire... Uh, can't completely drain a person because if they drain them then the vampire will die but like whenever they start to drink it's almost like a drug where it's like they're addicted and they want to finish it so they literally have to take all of their self-control to pull away from the person just so that way they won't die by draining them i thought that was really that's been in a few different books and series um I'm pretty sure it was in Anne Rice's book, Interview with a Vampire. Mm. And I know it was in True Blood. Yeah, I was thinking True Blood. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like there's some additional things that have been added to the lore that I think uh, are, are really cool. Yeah. Um, well, we yeah, got to nerf them somehow. A lot, a lot of things that got added to the lore that made them less cool. Yeah. Like yeah. sparkly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like she didn't need I... to add the, the sparkles because we'd already have a vampire that can walk in the sunlight. It's like you didn't have yeah, to. That, yeah. Yeah. that was unnecessary. I do like how Supernatural did it. Um, they had retractable teeth as well, but it was a whole bunch. Ooh. It was almost like shark. Teeth, oh. they would all come down That's cool. and it was it was really interesting um they also wouldn't die if they were in the sunlight it would just kind of irritate them and their senses were extremely heightened um blood sharing was a thing as well if you got bit by a vampire you wouldn't turn unless you were given some of their blood um yeah Beheading worked on them. It stakes. Yeah. Just slowed them down and made them mad. <laughs> well, and see, like the whole like being bitten and automatically you're a vampire, that never made a lot of sense as far yeah. as like a population control yeah. thing. Cause that would mean that you would have to like kill a whole bunch of these new vampires. Otherwise, everyone in the whole world will eventually become a vampire. And it's like, what do you do with that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, um, uh, uh, I'm currently reading this interesting book series that's uh, by Guillermo del Toro and um, forget the name of the other author, but um, and apparently they made a mini series about it. Then, but I haven't watched the mini series. But um, with that one, vampirism is. Um, actually like it's less supernatural and more um closer to zombie in infection mm -hmm. um where like 
where it's like parasites in your blood that are controlling you and like is it strain strain and and like the book in the series i'm reading right now is called the fall but yeah it's that one mm-hmm. um okay. and that one it, it's interesting to see what pieces of vampire lore get are being used in that one because with that one the the point at the end of the tongue thing they mm-hmm. kind of work in there but it's a barb mm-hmm. underneath the tongue that can shoot up to like five to six feet yeah oh so they don't yeah. have to get up close to you they can just go <laughs> oh wow that's scary yeah yeah and i think for me as well one of the more interesting things you can do with modern vampire stories is actually explore how they would interact with everyday society like modern society Mm -hmm. um just because of how alien things like technology would be to them you can have a lot of fun with that stuff and i mean partly what the series angel does but exploring how a, a vampire has to coexist in modern day life and i've i feel like now because obviously a lot of horror has moved out of the castles and into like suburbia that kind of saying and i feel that's where a lot of the updating comes in now and you can do yeah like there's always room for like a good throwback you know like vampire in a castle if it's done right you're still gonna enjoy it but Yeah. yeah i think for some people that seems a bit of the time and now it's time to move them into more modern locations mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i also want to see a little less romanticism with it mm. because they're supposed to be like preying on humans like they're going to be surrounded by food basically yeah, yeah like that movie that we reviewed 30, 30 days of night, night. yeah, yeah. That was that's, refreshing. That's, yeah, that's like a modern version of like a very predatory type of vampire. Yes. Yeah. Now, I, I will say um, the evolution into the paranormal romance for vampires was going to be pretty natural and inevitable because a lot of vampire lore, especially when you start getting to like the Dracula and Carmilla um, canonization is a lot of like the evils of sexuality yeah and so then once we got a little bit later on and we start getting into like Anne rice and stuff like that um then it's like okay well we're gonna we're like we're we're getting more like free love and so we're gonna be like okay but is sexuality really evil let's let's explore that with like the dangerously sexual vampire type of thing I think with the whole romance side of it, it comes down to a taste thing. Like, because my co-host Rachel really loves stuff like that. And I think it's just another way you can expand on their characters and their curiosities where Mm -hmm. they do live very lonely, solitude lives. So in some regards, you can see why they would become like, interested in human yeah but i mean i i get that but i feel like it's overdone lately yeah and i think the best stuff is the stuff that's also 
is honest about some of the drawbacks of a vampire and a human having a, yeah. a, a you know, because I quite like that. I mean, Near Dark's a great movie, but um, that's something that that does where it doesn't sugarcoat, you know, like the complications that you would have if you're going to pursue that. And so I think as long as they like explore that side of thing, even if they want to say, okay, ultimately they're going to have a relationship and be together. As long as they explore the, you know, the more difficult side and the darker side then, but it probably is overdone. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I, I I also like the ones where it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to have, we can have the romance, but also these are extremely dangerous and it's kind of like, um, kind of going about the the it kind of almost equating like falling in love with a vampire is like um having a pet tiger yeah <laughs> like is it really a good idea for either you or the tiger yeah, um, yeah. and someone's probably going to end up dead at some point um most likely the human <laughs> most likely yeah uh and so like i there are some authors that i feel do that better than others mm-hmm. um I know when I was in high school, I read a lot of Laurel K. Hamilton's Anita Blake series. Um, and that one, um, <laughs> Anita Blake's a messy bitch. Like she's got, cause she's a, she's a vampire hunter and she ends up falling in love with a vampire. And there's a lot of exploration and sexuality. There's actually a lot of like polyamory exploration in there. Mm-hmm. Um, in in a lot of really interesting ways but that's also in a lot of laurel k hamilton stuff because surprise surprise she's in a polyamorous relationship um so it's right what you know right um so uh there's one book in there that's one of my least favorite books in the series but i understand why it would be interesting to explore where the a plot of the book is uh anita might be pregnant and it might be one of her vampire boyfriends or one of her werewolf boyfriends and either way she is a human and that's going to go poorly for her <laughs> as a pregnancy wasn't hard enough yeah <laughs> and then at the end they're like oh it turns out she's not actually pregnant and it's like they spent the entire <laughs> book over nothing yeah yeah like never mind spoiler alert yeah <laughs> uh control z <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically and there's like there's actual like like danger plot as well but they treat that as like the b plot uh of like oh there's these super powerful vampires that are in the area that she's going to have to fight and kill but that's the b plot to the like <clears throat> is she going to survive being pregnant type of thing mm-hmm. gotcha Gotcha. But when the author doesn't like the way they were taking it originally and decides to retcon it themselves. In the same book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, psych. It's like yeah. I was going through a phase. Yeah. <laughs> this was yeah. an interesting thought experiment, but Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the path that my thoughts have been taking, so uh, well, I, I think We've touched on everything that there is to touch on uh, for for Dracula and vampires, unless if anyone has anything else they'd like to add before we wrap up. Blah. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Blah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, well, I, I just want to give a big thank you for to Keith and V for being a part of this 200th episode. Yes. Um, we are very close to our four-year anniversary, which is absolutely bonkers to me. And the, the podcast would not be the same without either one of you being a part of it. So we really appreciate uh, that you both were able to join. Um, and I will link stuff for Keith and V's uh, socials, contacts, YouTube channels <laughs> below. <laughs> Everything. going to add to the we're link tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much for joining us today and let us know what you thought of the movie. I would also love to hear like what your take on vampire lore is, or if you have like a favorite, like a uh, supernatural like creature. Um, but well, what's it, as... your favorite lore of vampires? Yes. Yeah. Yes. If there's anything that maybe we didn't touch on, definitely bring that up. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you would like to recommend a movie, game, or tea, you can leave us a comment or join our Discord. Um, and our link tree is listed below if you'd like to keep up to date with our content. Yes. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe, like, and share our content and Keith's and V's content as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we also have a Teespring and a PayPal donate button if you'd like to support us monetarily. And uh, you can find all of the sites mentioned link below in the giant growing link tree. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next time, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye. Bye.